Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host today along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko, and our special guest, Fred Hugo. Chet, this is the first time we've done a live mobile show, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, my first time here at the Red Lantern. It looks like a real nice place. The beer is cold, Bud Light. Thank you very much. Uh, we're really happy to be doing this. Glad to see so many nice faces out here. Well, not nice faces, but you know, oh, yeah. guys who like football and talking sports, okay? We got that. Uh, and this guy over here is Fred, and he's done the bulk of the legwork to make this happen. So, Phil, introduce Fred formally, will you? Well, all you guys, most of you guys probably know Fred. He's a local guy from around here, and me and Fred go back a long time, actually. Him and me and his dad were old running mates way back in the day, and, uh, so Fred's been with us for a long time now on the show, and we enjoy having him and uh, welcome with us uh, live today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us. Thank the Red Laner for having us as well. I'm pretty jacked up. Got some friends here I haven't seen in a while because they're MIA, but uh, they're here, and uh, let's get this going, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got one question before we get started. Are we in Glenolden or Fulcroft? It don't matter. Collingdale's better all the way around. Now I gotta go. We're here anyway. We're here. We're here. I, I tell you what, I lived here for uh, 40 years and I thought we were in Glenolden until I looked at the ad and saw it was Fulcroft. So what do I know? All right. Hey, before we get started, we want to let our Facebook Live and Red Lantern Live people uh, feel free. Send us any questions. We'll have some open time. You guys can ask us questions here locally uh, on whatever topics you want to talk about. We're going to talk Eagles. We're going to talk Flyers, Sixers, NFL Hall of Fame, um, free agency, the debacle in Georgia last night. Your We're favorite Christmas carols. Chet, Chet might sing a... Christmas Carol or something somewhere along the line. Doubtful. But we're going to cover it all, and uh, feel free to ask us questions. We're going to do this in segments. So uh, if you have a Phillies question, we'll get to that a little later down the road. But certainly uh, feel free to do it. And, hey, Chet, uh, the early games we know, they're still in progress. So uh, let's embarrass ourselves before we get started talking Eagles with uh, how we've done on our picks so far. We pretty much think it up, and I know we all took the Saints on Thursday. Folks, every week we pick all of the games involving uh, all of the NFC East teams and one or two others occasionally. And believe it or not, that Saints-Cowboys game the other night, Thursday, was the first game that we got wrong all year. I'm not serious. Uh, we are actually awful this year, as Bill alluded. Bill's at 500, and we're picking the games even up, so we pretty much do stink. Uh, I'm two games under 500, and Fred over here is four games under. So we're having the kind of season that the Eagles are having, or worse yet, that the Phillies had in August. It's been that way. Sorry. Well, who do we have this week? We, we've all lost with the, with the Saints. We did. And uh, on Sunday, today... Let's see, Fred and you, Bill, both have the Bears beating the Giants, which right now is not happening. I have that as well. Uh, we'll get to that Eagles game in a minute. And tonight we have the Steelers and Chargers game. You guys both went with the Steelers. I picked the Chargers to win tonight. I was drunk when I made that pick, though, i got to be honest. So I was drinking the other night. Okay, so if we summarize all that, I'm still in first place. <laughs> yeah, you'll still be in first place. For but we're all mush, so don't be bragging too much over that. Uh, all right. So we got that covered. Let's let's talk Eagles. Uh, you know the Cowboys jet put us in a hole. Uh, that win by that win by Dallas, uh, and they certainly played good football. I hate to say they played good football. They beat a really good team who just trashed the Eagles, and we're in a little bit of a jam right now. 
Fred, cue the music. I'm alive, I'm alive. It's a beautiful day, and I'm happy to say I'm alive. Yeah, that's, that's the bottom line, guys. They are still alive, okay? They're still alive. The season's not going the way we wanted it to. But they are the defending Super Bowl champions, for crying out loud. They're 5-6 and six here in Week 12, Week 13 now, actually. Uh, so far this year, the Eagles have not won two games in a row once, not at all. So they're looking for their first back-to-back -back victories this season. It could happen tomorrow night. I know the Cowboys have won four in a row. And by the way, do we have any Cowboys fans here? There's always a Cowboys fan somewhere. Any Cowboys fans? Show your cockroach head. We know you're out. Yes, here we got one or two. There's always one or two. Oh, man. I don't want to see that. I thought it was the guy over there with Harry. <laughs> There's always one or two in the bunch. But look, the Cowboys... Yeah, we got one down there. See, I know it. I know it. The Cowboys have won four in a row. That is true. But the Eagles are still only a game and a half back. They beat the Redskins Monday night. Then they got the big game against the Cowboys a week from today. And you beat the Cowboys, you're suddenly tied for first place again. So anything is possible. And the Cowboys could lose to the Colts on the road. The Eagles, of course, would have to... You know, continue winning, maybe beat the Texans. They're going to lose to the Rams, we know that. But everybody finishes 9-7, and seven, and the Eagles beat the Redskins twice and the Cowboys next week. The Eagles win the division, so there is still hope. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule right here. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys are 7-5. and five. They have the Eagles, the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Giants. The Eagles and Redskins, of course, play tomorrow night. And after that, the Eagles have the Jag or the Redskins have the Jaguars, Titans, and Eagles. Nobody cares. The Eagles have the Cowboys next week, then the Rams, then the Texans and the Redskins. So it is possible. Keep the faith, Eagles fans. Well, and one thing about it, Chet, in spite of all this, the Eagles are just one game back in the loss column. Exactly. So, you know, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what. Not that I'm a betting man. My betting buddies are over there. But I'll tell you what. If I were a betting man right now, I would take the Cowboys to lose, and I don't even know who they're playing next Sunday. They will not play with that emotional level that they played with on Thursday night. Well, they have the Eagles next week. Well, then they're certainly going to lose. They're certainly going to lose. They're, they're not. They 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 played a great game. I'll give them that. They almost they almost lost that game, but they're not going to play at that emotional level next time around. Um, just can't do it. So. I like, I like our chances. We'll be all right. All right. I mean, okay. th there's no way. That was the Cowboys Super Bowl last week. Yeah, you know what I mean? They were all hyped up. They won. Had a lot of help from the referees. So I, I don't think Dallas is as terrible as we thought they were in the beginning of the season, but they're also not as good as they've looked the last two weeks. Yeah. They're playing well right now. I mean, they've won four in a row, and their defense really looked good the other night. They got some great linebackers. Yeah, man. yeah, they do. Yeah, and you know what? Before we talk about the Eagles, you, you mentioned referees, Fred. You know, I, I, this is one of my sore points, as you know, Chet. How in the world do you miss a guy being down two yards behind the marker? And because the coach already had to use his challenges because of other calls you blew, and now you can't, you can't get it right at a critical time of the game, and they get a first down there. Yeah, that was awful. And the head-to-head. -head the head-to-head. -head. Kamara, but, which, but the, but the they, field judge, line judge, whatever, standing right there, right. didn't call it. Yeah, and, and then they flipped it around and missed the face mask against yeah. the Cowboys. You know, would have gone for the Cowboys. They, they missed three calls within about a minute of play. And, but that, that first down was a huge, huge play where they'd had to kick the ball. Drew Brees and Sean Payton had a bad night, but so did the refs. That was a bad night all around. Yeah, they did. And speaking of the Eagles, let's talk Eagles. You know, as we said, we get we we got to win this game. Got to win them all, pretty much. Maybe there's one room for one stumble, yep. but they have to get help. I heard this morning Josh Adams is now questionable. He was going to be a starter, obviously, this week. He must have got hurt in practice. He is now questionable for Monday night. Uh, he got a leg, got, got a leg issue. Darren Sproles is back. You excited about that? I'm well, not. Darren Sproles is back. Well, one thing about Darren Sproles is he should have fresh legs. He hasn't played in about three months. Except he's questionable as well. So yeah, throw yeah. that in there also. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know where they go if Josh Adams can't go. Uh, Corey Clement's been injured all season long. So I don't know really where they go with this, and uh, we'll see. They certainly played well when they could run the football. Um, 
but you got to be able to have running backs to run the football, and they are certainly thin there. Wendell Smallwood, I guess, is going to be their guy. Yeah, well, you have to call the plays to run the football as well, and that's my point. They do run the football. They average four to five yards a carry. Stop calling the run-pass option, and you start running straight plays where you can run the football. Because if you go and look through the whole entire season, and I know you're not big on balance, Bill or Chet, I'm not saying it has to be 50-50, but every time the run is equated like 60-40 at least this season only, they won the football game. Just call the plays. Run the damn ball. Well, I think I think you're right, Fred. I, I guess the only thing that I think is they're, they're a run-pass option offense. That's how they're built. But they've only had those few games where they could act, actually dominate the line of scrimmage. And in those games, they did, and they ran the ball. They went away from their RPO. They ran the ball, and they were very successful. So I think that the defense has dictated a bit of what they've tried to do. And, of course, when you're behind, you, you, you can't just hunker down and run the ball a lot. So uh, the RPO has been pretty successful for them overall, but there's a lot of other problems, and I think it starts right up front with the offensive line. And one I, I, of your favorite subjects, Jeff, let's throw out there. Golden Tate. Let's talk about Golden Tate. Got to get him more involved. They did a little bit more with him last week. Hopefully he'll get more involved again this week. Uh, I mean, the guy's had a great career. He's obviously a very good player. Get Golden Tate involved. And Carson Wentz, who had the awful game against the Saints, did play better against the Giants last week. They need him to have another good game. He's been up and down this season. I mean, let's face it. Uh, they need Wentz to have one of his better games. In fact, pretty much every game left on the schedule, they need Carson Wentz to come up big. Another thing I'm looking forward to, though, Bill, is to see what the Eagles D-line does against the Redskins, you know, and battled offensive line. They got a lot of injuries right there, so that's definitely uh, a category that would go in favor of the Eagles. They have got to get a lot of pressure on the backup quarterback, maybe get, you know, four or five sacks, and maybe a couple of turnovers. They got one last week, but that's been a real problem this year. They have not gotten a whole lot of turnovers. Eagles defense, and uh, that needs to change if they're going to get in the playoff picture. Yeah, it does, and, and I tell you, I don't know if he was the main reason, because you know you can't watch the whole film over and over, but uh, Timmy Jernigan being back seemed to make a, a real impact on that defensive front. You know, they, they picked up Nada, who was supposed to help him out, and he, he's giving them Nada. I was just going to say, good one, good one. Uh, you know, so I think, I think uh, you know, Jernigan certainly helped uh, the Giants aren't very good, so there's that. Uh, but I don't think the Redskins are very good either, and especially with a backup quarterback, they have to stop Adrian Peterson. Uh, but I, I I like the Eagles Monday night. And Peterson's got a bit of a shoulder injury, does he not, Fred? He does. Yeah, he does. So he's questionable as well. A lot of people in fantasy picked up Chris Thompson. But, I mean, let's, the Eagles have struggled all year. If you can't beat Colt McCoy at home, if you can't devise a defensive scheme to beat them, regardless of who we have out there, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So beat Colt McCoy and, and win the football game. I think is all it really comes down to. It. Well, let me ask you this, though. Let, let's give them a little bit of do here, okay? How do you, in the middle of a game, end up with three defensive backs who three weeks ago were not on the NFL roster, and now you have them out there uh, playing against pro wide receivers. Well, it's not magic. The only magic was that they started to run the ball and kept the, the defense off the field. Well, there, there's a little bit more magic. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins actually had to come off the field and tell Jim Schwartz, stop running this complicated defense. We have people that haven't played before. Let's simplify the thing. And they simplified it in the second half. And also, don't forget the magic of Pat Shermer going away from Saquon Barkley. What an idiot. Well, they didn't have the ball all that much, but yeah, he didn't give it to Barkley, and they were not. So yeah, the bottom line, dumb it down, kind of like what I do for Bill every week. Well, and hey, I appreciate it, Chet. That's why I keep you around. <laughs> hey, do we, do we want to make our picks for the Eagles-Redskins? Yeah, let's official? go ahead and do it. Fred, right, you're, Fred up. you're up. Monday night, Eagles, I think they're, what's the spread now? Six, six and a half, something like that. You know, like I just said, it, it comes down to you, how's Colt McCoy going to beat you? Um, their defense is sound, but I mean, if you if you run the football, let Carson dictate the line of scrimmage, not put him in that RPO option where he already has his two options laid out for him, I think they can win. So I think the Eagles will win this. Me and uh, my brother Jim over there, we're actually going to be there. Jimmy! 
I'm undefeated this year at the link going back to the NFC Championship game last year. So uh, that's some good look as well. So I think the Eagles take this maybe like 21-13. All right. Red Before I make my pick, I'll tell you that I was at two Eagles games this year. It was both of the games that they blew 17-point leads, the one down in Tennessee and the one home against Carolina. So don't go. The good news is I will not be there. They will not be there. You're safe. And, yeah, the Eagles, I think, are going to show up, finally win that back-to-back. And uh, I think it's going to be relatively easy. I'm going to say Eagles 27, Redskins 17. Stop it. Stop it. Same thing? No, oh, man. You guys are always having conversations behind the scenes, having the same scores. Uh, we, we never talk. Trust I've you. got I've got Eagles 27-17 also, wow. just by accident. But I tell you what, what's going to happen? Here's my here's my take. There's going to be a little coming out party um, Monday night. For Alshon Jeffrey. Ah. Where's that guy been? Yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot lately. So maybe uh, a lot of passes to both Jeffrey and Tate. We can hope. Yep. Well, that'll be good. And uh, you know what? If if not, if not, Tuesday's here in uh, Philly aren't going to be good. Yeah, that's true. Hey, guys, uh, before we continue, we got uh, something to give away for you. Um, everybody here in the Red Lantern who might be interested, we're going to give a shot at one of these. One of these super cool polo shirts that I'm wearing, one lucky person is gonna win one. So if you'd like a shot at winning one, and we have a black one with an orange label, this is a 2XL, or for the slightly smaller guys, we have a large white with a green label. So a large white with a green label, or a 2XL black with orange. Uh, what I need you to do is just come up here, fill out one of these little forms over here. All you need is your name, assuming you're hanging around here. Tim said he would walk around. Oh, okay, that's awesome. He's got the sheets, just put your name on it, and we'll draw this uh, in about a half hour. You can win one of these awesome shirts, and you'll probably look better than than I do, because you're good-looking guys out here. Thanks, Tim. In the meantime, we have to put in there again about your face for radio. Face for radio, yeah, I've heard that before. All right. Chet and Fred, because I know this means a lot to both of you guys, but before we get off football, the Hall of Fame has whittled their semifinalist, semifinalist list down to 26. And with that, Seth Joyner and Eric Allen are both out. They are no longer in the mix. They were in the 105. It came to 26. They're both out. There are four linebackers on that list. And I want to run these by both of you real quick and tell me if Seth Joyner belongs in this group. Okay? Clay Matthews of the Cleveland Browns, Clay Matthews, the father, who's been a semifinalist three times. Carl Mecklenburg from the Broncos, who played back in the day, who's been a semifinalist eight times. Sam Mills, who we all know from Philadelphia Stars days, and the Saints and the Panthers, semifinalist twice. And Zach Thomas of the Miami Dolphins, this is his first time as a semifinalist. Those are the four linebackers that made the 26 ahead of Seth Joyner. Thoughts? You know where I stand on Seth Joyner, one of my favorite players of all time. Eight seasons as an Eagle, Seth totaled 37 sacks, 17 interceptions. He finished his 13-year NFL career, by the way, winning the Super Bowl with Denver. Um, He ended up with 52 sacks and 24 interceptions, making him the only player in league history with at least 50 sacks and 20 interceptions. In addition, Joyner recorded uh, 26 fumbles, forced fumbles, and recovered 12 of those fumbles that he forced. Why he hasn't ever gotten serious consideration for the Hall of Fame is a mystery to me. Seth Joyner belongs in the Hall of Fame, damn it. I got it. He just got in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Even the yeah, Eagles, that was a joke. The, like, looked past him. It, it's ridiculous. If you look at him, you just read off the stats. They're comparable to Brian Urlacher, who's in. But unfortunately, stole that from Stolf earlier today. Um, but I knew it too. He, he reminded me. Anyway, I mean, it, he should be in the list. But here's the unfortunate thing: he's not going to be. He's not modern enough to be in. So the only time, the only way we're going to see him in is how Tommy McDonald got in long time down the road uh, and uh, a writer is going to have to take it upon themselves to make it an agenda to, to vote for him. And that, that's another reason why these writers shouldn't be the, the voters, but that's another story. Well, and, and you know, we've, when we had Ray Didinger on the show several times, we've talked about this whole Hall of Fame process and you have to have a backer. You know, you have to have somebody that is 
uh, in there behind the scenes trying to politic you in. And in Ray's case, it was with Tommy McDonald, and ultimately he got him in. And, you know, we asked asked uh, Ray several times about Jerry Kramer finally getting in and you know and Ray couldn't, couldn't figure it out what took so what took the man didn't get any better as a player in 50 years it took him to get in and now he's in uh, it kind of makes no sense but hey let's go on to Eric Allen now you talk about a rough road for Seth Eric Allen is really in trouble uh, there, there are eight defensive backs that are semi-finalists and uh, this is this is a pretty healthy list, and a couple of them, couple of them, I'm not sure how they're on this list, but here we go. Steve Atwater of the Denver Broncos, eight-time semifinalist, hasn't gotten in. Champ Bailey, his first time, he's a newcomer for this year. Rondé Barber, semifinalist for the second time. Rondé Barber is not a Hall of Famer. Leroy Butler of the Green Bay Packers, second time. Ty Law played for a bunch of teams, fifth time. John Lynch, seventh time as a semifinalist. Ed Reed makes his first appearance. And Darren Woodson, who's a semifinalist for the third time. So, and there's other guys. You know, Palomalo's coming up soon. There's other guys. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of this list, Fred? Again, it's, it's the same scenario, but it's even harder here. Because these are all modern players. Even Steve Atwater, he would be more my generation growing up. Um, I, I just don't, I think it's going to have to be the same exact way. Eric Allen was one of my ultimate favorites. I'll never forget my, this is my favorite memory of him. And back in the Collingdale days when you played football, you had, to, you had to make weight for football. And I always had a weight issue. And uh, I was like Pee-wee's, whatever it's called, uh, Pee-wee's Midgets, one of them. And uh, my dad would always be on me, you got to make weight, you got to make weight. So this one game I remember going, it was Eagles-Jets. And all of a sudden, I'm getting filled with fries. Little to my know, my knowledge is my dad just wants to drink beers and me leave him alone. But I'm like, oh, I'm getting fries on this Sunday. But I'll never forget, Randall was out, and I think it was Boomer Assize and threw a pick six in the end zone. Eric Allen took it 99 yards, gave it to Randall in the end zone with the boot on. It was one of my greatest memories. He should certainly be in the Hall of Fame, but it's going to be going to be the same deal. It's going to be the same deal. I was wondering where the hell that story was going, but yes, Eric Allen, that is one of the most memorable plays, certainly. I do remember watching that. That was awesome. But as you guys both said, while he's a great player, 14 seasons in the league, six Pro Bowls, an All-Pro first-teamer once, All-Pro second-teamer twice, 54 career picks. Uh, yeah, great player, but a lot of other great players on the list, so I don't think it's ever going to happen for Eric Allen, unfortunately. What do you think, Bill? Nah, it's not. the list is too thick already, and if he's not even in the mix at this point, I, I don't see him ever getting in the mix. All right. Hey, before we get one more college college football talk, we got to throw this in there because of uh, – the debacle we saw last night, but the uh, they they picked their final four uh, this morning. Alabama is number one, Oklahoma is number four. They're going to play in the Orange Bowl in Miami. Number two, Clemson against number three, Notre Dame. That will be uh, that'll be an interesting. They're both going to be pretty interesting games. But Fred, I know you are a diehard Georgia fan, and you had to want to jump off a building last night. <laughs> Kirby Smart was not very smart. And he cost his team a football game. God, that was a Mark Rick move. It was like, come on, I couldn't even believe that was happening. You know? I, I don't know how how you go for it there. It's a tie game against Bama. You're, you're in it. Just just make a stop, you know. But I think they got it right. I'm a Georgia fan, obviously. I saw Kirk Herbstreet post even have it. He had a, an agenda, or not agenda, an opinion last night that he had Georgia moving up to three over Notre Dame. You don't you don't get rewarded for for losing. They lost the game. Oklahoma won. Oklahoma should be in. I, I agree with, with what they did. Yeah, I turned the game on. I saw the last four minutes, and uh, I was kind of rooting for Georgia, not because Fred wanted them to win. I didn't care about that, but uh, I just like to see an upset occasionally. It would have been nice to see Georgia win. It's a shame it didn't happen, but yeah, they don't deserve to be in the two losses. You just can't do it. Well, and, and the, the shame about it for Georgia is they, they took Alabama to the mat. They, they outplayed them for all but three minutes of the game. Even when Alabama made their fourth quarter run and came back and tied the game, you have to punt the ball there. And if nothing else, make Alabama drive 80 yards to score. You don't give them the ball at midfield. All they had to do is complete the pass, kick, field goal. I mean, you know, and, and I like Kirby Smart. I think he's going to be a pretty good 
coach, do a pretty good job there, but he blew last year's game, he blew last night's game. I tell you what, I'd fired him on the field. Hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we got the spot for you, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yeah, that's true, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave Lavoie is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. So just click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website, or you can call Dave directly at 610-430-0700. Again, it's Dave LaVoy at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. All right. Hey, guys, we're, let's talk some hockey. And Have you ever remembered a crazier week than the Flyers have had this week? I mean, they fired general manager Ron Eckstall, fired assistant general manager, fired an assistant coach, traded or cut a goalie, uh, blow a three-goal lead in the first game out of this mess, and then turn around and win a big game in Pittsburgh yesterday where they played excellent all-around hockey. All the while, the coach that everybody thought should be gone is still here, and there's a lot of bad stories that are surfacing about that Ron Hextall. Yeah, did you see some of the stories? Uh, we had the one yesterday, I think from The Athletic, where Hextall, when he hired Gordy Murphy and made him an assistant coach eventually under Hextall, he was actually employing Murphy to be some sort of a spy. He was like basically spying on some of the Flyers players and some of the people in uh, the front office to make sure you know what was going on was the way Hextall wanted it to be. Ron Hextall's a notorious micromanager. That's what everybody said. He even kind of admitted it. He wanted to, you know, to do things his way. And if you weren't doing things his way, he had a little problem with you. So there are also some uh, discussions or rumors that he and Dave Hextall didn't really hit it off toward the end. They had some disagreements. And instead of letting Hextall go, management said, no, Ron, you're out of here. So, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff over the last week. Yeah, there's an article that I actually read this morning in Crossing Broad. Yeah, from, uh, yeah I saw that. Yeah, from San Filippo, is that yes. how you pronounce his name? And, and, yeah, and, and actually, uh, to make it even worse, you, as you said, Gordon Murphy was a spy. And he was a spy of what was going, what the players were even doing in their personal lives. Um, you know, and Hextall was trying to control what they were eating, what they were doing, and and Sam was very careful. If you read this article, it's Sam South, South, and, and read this article. It's really good, and he's very careful not to give up his sources about things, and and but he's trying to get some of the facts out there, and he has been with the club for 20 years covering them and he was 100 percent on board that they did the right thing that ron hextall had to go and dave hextall was not the problem to the point that he handcuffed hextall to even be able to coach and he handcuffed the players and by the way let me get the name correct it is anthony san filippo at crossing broad i had it written there down here yeah i read that too last Cro night. cross him off the guest list <laughs> well well he's not going to be on hextall's christmas card list i can tell you but he defended pretty much everybody else in the organization and it, it was to the point that uh hextall you know homegrown took all the hits and he kind of he defended homegrown and said that uh you know, it, this was a management decision. Bobby Clark was in on it, uh, as well as the other guys. But it was a decision that absolutely had to be made for the betterment of the club. I, I read the article as well, because my initial perception, and if you list my the four teams, Flyers are probably fourth in my knowledge level, you know. But um, I was on board with Hextall coming on board way back when, because it was a new way of thinking. I was used to the same old Flyers training young talent to get a washed up veteran at the trade deadline. So I was on board with the whole Hextall thing. And when they canned him, I thought it was more like a hinky thing. Like he was on the way and and they, they canned him early. They didn't give him a chance to, to finish. But after reading that article on Crossing Broad, I have to say, it sounded more like a Chip Kelly type deal, you know? He alienated everyone. I'm, I'm surprised Gritty got in there. He didn't put the hacks on Gritty. Gritty! I love Gritty. Your next GM, Gritty. Why not? Yeah. So who's going to be the next GM? We hear names like Bill Zito, the Columbus assistant GM, Chuck Fletcher, the former Minnesota Wild GM, 
even Chris Pronger's name getting mentioned. Any thoughts, Bill? Steve Eiserman's name got yeah. mentioned too. And, uh, that's kind of interesting because he he built this Tampa Bay Lightning team into a good team, and and I'm not really sure why he ended up on the outside of Tampa Bay, but he did a heck of a job down there. I do like going outside the organization, though. I think you they bring back too many ex flyers like Paul Holdren, Ron Hextall. Go outside the organization, get somebody else in there. Yeah. Well, more importantly, on the short term, who's going to be the goaltender? And, you know, Neuwirth, Neuwirth obviously was gone on the first minute that uh, that Hackstall could cut him loose. He's out. Uh, Sollers played real well last night after giving up a, an easy one early. Cal Pickard's gone. Pickard's gone. Um, so, what, you know, what are they going to do? I, I, I think... You know, I think Hextall was backing off Carter Hart, and Carter Hart was is just he may end up being all they say he's going to be, but he's a year or two away, and there was too big a gap. And Anthony Solars, I think, is going to end up being the guy. He may be the guy for now. Brian Elliott, I think, takes over when he's healthy again. Uh, but yeah, Carter Hart was getting a lot of press, of course, over the summer, but most people thought he wouldn't be ready this year. I still think we're going to see Carter Hart at some point mid-season, maybe in January. And we got some Carter Hart fans here. Yeah. Well, hey, I Carter. I think, I think we're all ready to see a quality goaltender in a flyer sweater, and we haven't seen one in 20 years. And it's been the difference in winning and losing Stanley Cups. And uh, it doesn't matter that his name's Carter Hart or it could be named Joe Smith. It doesn't matter. We just need a quality goaltender. I mean, the last time we had a goalie, I, I was at BBN. I was in seventh grade. <laughs> it was the GM that just got fired. That was the last time we really had a goalie. We had Bob that they traded away. But, I mean, yeah, the that's last a whole time, other thing. It's, it's, it's for, for a guy that just pays attention to the Flyers, I'm not diehard watching every single night. I just, you know, there's it's not up. a goalie. Every year you go in, you're like, well, they still don't have a goalie. Oh, that was that one. That's right. I was so excited for that too back then. Like, yeah, we got the Beezer. Nah. Hey, hey, I got to throw this out because I thought it was awesome, and, and I'm kind of a fan of them. How about in the first couple minutes of last night's game, Wayne Simmons picks out the biggest guy on yeah. the ice and squares it up. I did and a lot I mean, the they, they went at it. And, he took a lot of balls. Uh, he, he, he did. He, he took a, he took a couple early shots, too. He reminded me of that old Mike Tyson saying, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> well, it took Simmons about a second to get one right in the mouth, and he battled back, and he set the tone for that game. And uh, like I say, he took on the biggest guy in the Valley, too. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. What's that, the second fight this year that we've seen by the Flyers? That's all. Fighting's not much involved in the game anymore. Some would say, unfortunately, but it was definitely a spark for the team last night, and they got a big win out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Del, Del Weiss uh, on the radio after the game, he was playing the game with that short-handed goalie guy. Uh, he was saying, hey, that was a that was a huge lift for our club. Yeah, um, beat the Penguins. That, that's outstanding. Yeah, well, just the fact that Simmons went out there and I okay. turned on the juice right from the start. And, uh, you know, another another goal for Claude Giroux, too, by the way, Chet. Yeah, I mean, people keep wanting to write him off. He had his best season last year, and he's on pace for another 100-point season this year. So Claude still has a little left in the tank, apparently. Yep. And, and I guess I'll throw one more thing at you. Now that Gord Murphy is gone, it's going to be interesting. And, and now that we're learning all that we're learning, it's going to be really interesting to me to see how this young defense develops. You know, if if they were really putting the squash on how they were trying to play uh, and how Hackstall was trying to coach them up, now that this is all cleared up, it'll be interesting to see, because I think we, we could all sit here now after only a half a season and say Proveroff has probably gone down uh, this year to last. Gossesburg couldn't play defense against you on skate check uh, you know i think i think we have to we have to uh see how this goes and see if we get improvement on that blue line yeah you gotta have the defense and uh, that's gonna be something to watch um i like travis connecting though as a forward though i think he's coming on they gotta get jvr going though. jvr one goal in the nine or ten games that he's played so they gotta get that means like 
What do you think, by the way? We are 25 games into the season. The Flyers are still near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Can they get back into contention? Well, I think we're going to see. We're going to, we're going to see if they respond. You know, in five of the five of the six periods they've played since this all happened, they've played great. You know, the one get one game got away from them where they gave up all those goals in the third period. But they dominated the first two periods of that game. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if they're going to be better uh, and only get better once they get these uh, get unleashed a little bit or if they're just not good enough. I'll say given the, the, the fact that I bet $100 for them to have over 97 and a half points, they have absolutely no shot. Yeah, you're, 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 you're in trouble with that. So you and Benton aren't going well, Fred. You might want to. Whoa, whoa, slow down. I'm I'm 14 and 0. My last college and uh, pro. Last 14 and 0. My last 14. Well, you must not pick the same pro games that you do with us. Clearly you stick it up. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. That's true. <laughs> That's with the spread. That's with the spread. Yeah. Oh, geez. You win money with the spread, though. Oh, I got you. All right. Okay, hey Chet. Uh, let's talk. Let's give a shout out to our one of our sponsors, the PPCC 118 Razz They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They're, they continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly sports teams and more. There are only 21 lines available. So your chances of winning every item is one in twenty-one. Pretty good odds, Fred. You might even could win one at one in twenty-one. Check out their Facebook page, like it or follow it. It's PPCC one one eight Raz Room. That's right, PPCC one one eight Raz Room on Facebook. I think we're talking Sixers. We are talking Sixers. And hey, I know you two are fired up about the Sixers. They're sitting in third place in the Eastern Conference. They're 12 and 1 at home. They won three in a row and eight out of ten. This team with Jimmy Butler and without Markel Fultz is on a roll. 16 and 8 now, which means they're on pace for 54 wins this season. As you'll recall, you you and I, Bill, picked what, 46, 48 wins. Fred, where are you? You were a little more optimistic. 50, 54. 54. So you are right on pace with the 54. Of course, we didn't know at the time that Jimmy Butler was going to be a sixer. And uh, he's made quite a difference. Uh, Fred, let's go to you first. Jimmy Butler, how much better does he make them? And does this now mean they can compete with the Bostons and Torontos and Milwaukee's in the East? Well, if you, and I'd use the trust the process because I do trust the process. If you did, you knew that there was another move. There were assets there. Another move had to be made. I didn't know if it would be Jimmy Butler, but I knew it would be someone. The team, as it was constructed, was not going to be the roster we see going into playoff time. So bringing on Jimmy Butler has been nothing but exceeded my expectations so far. Great teammate. He just bought the whole organization, like Mike Jordan shoes, you know, on the court-wise, he just opens everything up. It takes the pressure off Ben Simmons to have to hit a jump shot. He can get down in the post and make buckets that way. And his uh, his assistant going up as well, because now he has someone he can pass the ball to that's going to knock down a jumper or hit a buzzer beater to win the game. And then you, all, you got Embiid as well. Now, look at him. He's already the MVP of the league, but now they can't sag down on him. They can't double and triple him because you got Jimmy Butler out there on the outside. So this makes them a contender to actually get to the finals. I'm not saying they will. I think with this roster currently, it's a disappointment if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least. I agree. Not so fast, my friend. Ah, here we go. There's always a pessimist. Always got to sprinkle a little salt in there. No, no, I, I tell you what, I think it's pretty good. I, I, I like that uh, Butler seems to fit in well, and, and I think you're right, Fred. And, and Bede is a monster. Um, and I, I like 
that they're actually seem to have a little more flow off the bench. Things are moving. You know, I think we talked about this on our show a couple weeks ago, uh, guys, where I think they were force-feeding Fultz down our throat kind of thing and, and forcing him on the team. And whatever that, however that's all going to play out, I guess we can talk about that as well. Um, he He's not the answer. And him being out of the mix frees up oh, McConnell. We go back to McConnell because we like him. Uh, Reddick is getting his time. And uh, I, I think they're a much better team with Fultz. Uh, Fultz out of the mix. Yep, uh, you mentioned Markel Fultz. we got to get to it. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff over the past week with Fultz. Um, he's got the alleged shoulder injury. He had the yips. And here we are six days later, and we still have the answers as far as what's going on with Markel. Um, it's kind of strange how this little latest shoulder injury happened right as he got benched when Jimmy Butler came and they moved the lineup around. So Fultz out of the starting lineup, and all of a sudden he becomes this little shoulder twinge. And then, of course, it takes, you know, four days for him to get an appointment and get checked out. It's just very strange. So... I don't know how this is going to play out. Is he going to play again with the Sixers? There's talk that he would like to be going elsewhere, but you hear Brett Brown talk, and Brown sounds like he's still in their plans. I don't know if that's just coach speak or what. So again, Fred, what the hell is going on? Well, contrary to the the, the moron general manager, Brian Colangelo, they're, they're not showing their cards. So it would be dumb of them to come out and say Marco Fultz is not in their plans because if you're going to move them for any type of value, you have to generate value. Um, I don't know how, though, they don't get value unless he plays or unless he starts hitting that jump shot. So, I mean, this goes all the way back to when you guys had D-line him on. And basically, she said she went out and saw him before he, all these issues happened, and he, he didn't look all that great back then. So it wasn't the right pick, and now you're stuck with him. So I don't know what you do. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's going to develop the shot. But if they can get him in, I doubt his representatives will allow it, but if they can get you know, him in like the G League and play a couple games and show, show, that, that's the only, how do you get his value up? Like, how do you get it up? Well, I think, Chet, correct me if I'm wrong, I think when we first talked to Dee about Markel Fultz, she didn't like him before they ever picked him. Right? Oh, she, yeah. no, she was at the workouts. Yeah, couldn't she, hit a shot. She said he couldn't hit a shot in workouts and turned right around and, uh, and they ended up signing him as the number one pick. We got food coming away. We, we can't be talking uh, sports. We got food here. <laughs> we'll get to the food in a bit now. now we're wetting our appetite. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, Dean was at the workout and said he couldn't hit a shot. She was never a big Markel Fultz fan. I guess in her mind and a lot of people's, it's kind of surprising, especially in retrospect, that he was the consensus number one pick because he certainly isn't playing like a consensus number one pick even when he's allegedly healthy. So, But I agree with Fred. I mean, he's got no trade value right now, and until he plays and shows what he can do and that he is healthy and that he can make a shot, he's got no value. And maybe you'll get, you know, a contending team to give you a what would be a late second round pick for him, but that's about it at this point. I have one, one question, I have several questions for you guys, but my next question for you guys is how does Ben Simmons fit into all this? You know, we, we know he's got a suspect shot. Jimmy Butler's now in the mix, Embiid's certainly the guy. Does Ben Simmons turn into a dealer? You know, is he going to be more of a playmaker, assist guy, or is he going to be able to get his shots and improve his shot to be one of the three-legged monsters you have to have. This goes to the timeline that the fans have and then the timeline that Ben Simmons himself has. You know, he just came off his rookie season, a pretty good one at that. The first time he's ever played point guard in his life, like ever been the point guard, he's learning at the NBA level. His goal in the offseason was to improve his free throw shooting and work on the post game down, down low. Whether you agree with that or not, that's what he did. The free throws, free throws have been better, and he's gonna. It's gonna be a progression. So we're expecting him to come out and start knocking these jump down, jumpers down, or at least making them. And it's just not gonna happen because that's not that's not his goal. That's not what he wants to do. And now 
with Addy Butler, he can still be a star-type player, get his points, but but it, it stops from what the Boston Celtics did late in the playoffs this year and what they did is expose you. Because all you had to do is sag back. If you don't have any playmakers around, who, who's he going to pass the ball to? Well, he's averaging 15.3 points a game, eight assists a game, which is pretty much what he did last year as well. But maybe that's what he worked on, what you said, Fred, but I want to see him take some of those shots. And we've seen games recently where he's had open 10-foot shots that he didn't want to take. He instead looked for somebody to pass the ball off to. And that disturbs me. I mean, yeah, it's great that he wanted to get all these assists and work on that and work on his low post game, but you've got to be willing to take that shot when you have it. He's had some open shots, and he was just, you know, afraid to take them is the way I see it. So I want to see him work on those shots and make some of those shots. Well, and you know, I think we lose sight of the fact that it seems like that guy's been here forever. He's 22 years old. Right. Exactly. Uh, he, he's about ready to graduate from college, um, but he's already had superstar tattooed all over his forehead. So he certainly has a lot to develop in his game. And maybe with Butler there, the pressure comes off him a little bit where he can't develop that game. Now, the, my next question to you, J.J. Reddit, now 34 years old, I guess he's still making his second batch of $23 million to a, a one-year deal. How, how long do you keep J.J. Reddick in fold and let Ben Simmons develop? Uh, do, you, do you go ahead and try to bring him back? And, you know, those legs can only go so long. I mean, they're, they're, he took it $12 million. They're paying him 12 So as long – he came back because he loved it here. They bottom line said it. He probably could have got a deal left. He thinks he can win here. He wants to win a championship. So if you can – if he'll take the correct money to be here – then, then you keep them around until that that shot stops. You know, that that's my opinion. But you got some young guys coming up. Um, Landry Shamit, he is. If you watch the way he plays on the court, he is mimicking JJ Redick to a T. The way he gets the ball, releases everything. So you got a, a young Redick, in my opinion, in the making with, with Shamit. I like Shamit, and uh, I and I like TJ McConnell. I, I like this team a lot. So I do think they can and will get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I don't know if they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals, but they got a big game this Wednesday. They played Toronto, and I think that's going to be a big measuring stick for them. See how they do against the Raptors this Wednesday. One final thought. You know, uh, we babied Joel Embiid for a while because we were worried about he was going to get hurt and this and that, whatever that whole trust the process nonsense lines spread. Uh, have we heard anything about Joel Embiid's feet any time in the last two years? What, what was that deal? Was that, they, they were just hiding? What was that deal? Was that all Hinky's uh, trust the process nonsense? Well, I don't think it was all Hinky. Hinky sat him in the beginning, and then they, whatever Colangelo and whatever that medical staff was doing last year, lying to the fans. I, I, and they were. They, they literally lied and said he's going to play, sold tickets, and then called him out the next day. So, you know, he's holding up well. There's still that skepticism back there, but he, but he had to get healthy. In my opinion, Hinky made the right move. He, he sat him down, said, hey, everyone's going to give me this ton of scrutiny. They're going to say we're babying him, this, that, and the other. But when he gets healthy, he'll be good. And when he's good, he'll be the most dominant, one of the most dominant players in the league. I mean, what's it, him, him and Davis? That, that's that's the only consideration. And, and he took it to him when they went head-to-head. -head. Has his whole career. I'm liking this team. I like this season. I can't wait to see where it goes. You miss Robert Covington. Don't kid me. No, I miss Diary all the time. Any Rocco fans in the crowd? Come on, Dario. You like Dario at least? Dario my daughter misses Dario. Terry brainwashed. Don't, don't be fooled by Chad. He had a little thing with that Robert Covington deal. Fifty million dollars. He's like he goes. You couldn't get enough of that. He loved Noel Move too. Move along. Your boy Noel's doing yeah, good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Fifteen minutes he plays a night. Hey, Chad, we want to let our we want to let our new listeners uh, know and remind our loyal listeners to visit our website, phillypressboxradio.com. We cover all the big stories in the Philly sports teams. Also, write a few articles ourselves, and you can listen to our last two podcasts after the fact. You click on, you can go, you can click on our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com is on there as well. Thanks, Bob. All state insurance banners go directly to the websites. Remember, it's phillypressboxradio.com.
And you can also give us feedback on our articles. And as Bill noted, it is a great place to find our most recent shows, which you can get as well via iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. Well, with that, let's talk Phillies, Chet. The Braves made a big acquisition in Josh Donaldson already. The Mets pulled off a trade a couple days ago to get Robinson Cano and all-star closer Edwin Diaz. Where does this leave the Phillies as the winter meetings come in just a few days, December 9th in Vegas? Oh, man, I can't wait. You know they're going to sign at least a couple of uh, well-known players. Maybe Manny Machado, maybe Bryce Harper, maybe Corbin. I don't know. I think they're going to get at least one of those, maybe two. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes. I mean, let's face facts. Pretty much everybody who's a free agent or on the trade block, you hear the Phillies associated with. The Phillies have an interest in. The Phillies have a shot at, you know. Something's going to happen. I don't think it's all smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's just the media creating things. There's something definitely there. And with the winter meetings starting up, I guess, next weekend, something's going to happen soon, and hopefully it's going to be something that's going to make the Phillies a better team. Fred, you excited? Well, I, I don't know. Does it really matter? I mean, if the computer is just going to pick the lineup, you know, uh, here we go. What, what, kind of game, what kind of game am I going to watch? You know, I guess it's better players, but it doesn't come down to if you're an, if you're a good player, you're a good player. Like, bat him where you should bat. Stop throwing off the computer. But I think there's a little little disconnect between what John Middleton wants to do and what Andy McPhail and um, Clintac wants to do. You know, I've read some articles on that. Yes. Um, there's, there's, I mean, they're associated, like you said, with every single free agent out there. That can't even really be possible, can it? Well, here, here you go. I'm going to give you the top five. I'm going to make you guys work a little bit. You guys out there, you guys out there listening, give us your opinion also. Number one rated free agent by ESPN is Manny Machado. You buy it or sell it on Machado. I'm selling. He's a buyer. He showed his real colors in the playoffs when he forgot how to run the first base. I don't want him for $100 million. No chance. Not my first choice, but I think I know who number two is. Go ahead, Fred. What about Machado? Machado yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on Machado as well. People say I'm 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 too old. I'm thinking old mentality. But the fact that he's even backtracking, trying to, you can tell his the contract he's looking for is not there because he's saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You know, the, his agent pushed him to say that. He, he's an arrogant guy. It seems like. He wants to play shortstop when he's a great third baseman. Like, why, why do you want to play shortstop? You're a great third baseman. You make more money playing third base. It doesn't make sense to me. He sounds like a person that certainly won't fit in Philadelphia. It was at this point in our live broadcast from the Red Lantern that we lost our Facebook live feed and consequently our audio that goes with it for playback later on. But I can tell you that we talked about Bryce Harper and while Fred had some concerns about Harper, we all agreed that, yeah, the Phillies very well likely will sign Bryce Harper as a free agent and it's worth the gamble. Patrick Corbin we're not so sure about. And uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for the Phillies organization. We also gave away a Philly Press Box Radio polo shirt to Paul. Hope you enjoy it, Paul. All right. Hey, we're going back to uh, right back to our normal operation Wednesday night. We'll have our show again Wednesday. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio Wednesday night, Jeff? Bill, we have a good one this Wednesday evening. In addition to, we hope, talking about an Eagles win over the Redskins this week, we're going to be joined by two great guests on Wednesday, both of them from The Athletic. Megan Montemuro, who visited with us in July. She'll be back for a second time to talk about the Phils, Bryce Harper, and whatever else is going on with the Phils in terms of free agent signings and trades. Megan Montemuro will be with us. And we're going to talk hockey on Wednesday also with The Athletic's beat writer for the Flyers, Charlie O'Connor. Charlie will be making his first visit to the Philly Press Box Radio. So two guests from The Athletic this week. And that's going to be fun. Well, we had Megan before. She's really good. Uh, we didn't know her when we had her the first time, and she's really good. And uh, I'm sure Charlie O'Connor's going to have a lot to talk about about the Orange and Black. Yeah, I reached out to Charlie, and uh, he's done some radio. He's a good guy, and he will have lots to say, as you said, about what's going on with the Flyers. And they don't play again until Thursday, if that's yeah, yeah, wow. because four days off, which yep. means uh, a lot of time to speculate about what's going on with the general manager situation. That's right. Wait, while we're talking about our next show, Chet, let the listeners know uh, how how they can find our show and our podcast since uh, we moved back to Blog Talk Radio. All right, yeah, find us on our Facebook page, Philly Press Box Radio. 
please subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher, or if any of you use the TuneIn app, I love the TuneIn app, we're on there as well. The show is called the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable. And if you are a Philly sports fan, know that we have a lot of great guests coming on with us all the time. We've had Ray Dinger 10 times, believe it or not. I don't know why Ray likes to come on our show, but he does. He enjoys talking to us. We have former Eagles Kevin Riley, Bill Bradley, Fred Barnett, Ken Dunnick, Bleeding Green Nations, Brandon Lee Gowton joins us frequently. Merrill Reese we get every September to come on somehow. We talk hoops with Dee Lynham and Keith Pompey often. We talk baseball with Tom McCarthy, Chris Wheeler, Larry Anderson. Former Phil Glenn Wilson's been on with us several times. I'll tell you right now, we're going to have Scott Fransky on with us this February or March. We talk hockey with folks like Lou Nolan, Sam Carcini, Brian Propp, and Helen Kelly. The list goes on. So please check us out. Philly Press Box Radio. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes or the TuneIn app or Stitcher. You'll be glad you did. Very good. Well, Mr. Chesco and Fred, you go. We are about to wrap it up. Do you? Uh, do we have parting shots for you, Chet? I can't believe we didn't talk about this at all during the show, but here we go. By now, most of you know that there's a situation going on with Kareem Hunt. You've probably seen the video. Kareem Hunt kicking a 19-year-old woman at a Cleveland hotel last February. It's very disturbing. One question is why the now former Chief Star was so stupid to have done that. A second question is why it took nine months for this video to surface. TMZ could get it, but the NFL couldn't. Really? Almost as disturbing, yeah, as the incident itself, a report by The Athletic that the league told the Chiefs last February to stop trying to obtain the video. Come on! A third question, will Kareem Hunt, who was released by the Chiefs, play again in the National Football League? And that's the simplest one to answer. Absolutely he will. While the crime was similar to the Ray Rice mess a few years back, the situation regarding the players is very different. Rice was clearly on the downside in terms of his career and productivity. He was only in his late 20s, but Rice was, like I said, on his downside. He wasn't the player that he had been a couple years earlier. Meanwhile, Kareem Hunt is 23, and he ran for more than 1,300 yards in his rookie season, and he was on pace to do that again this year. So while Hunt will be suspended for sure, at least six games, maybe more, he will apologize, he will say the right things, and whether you like it or not, Kareem Hunt will be back playing pro football at some point. I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but it is about to come out as well. Okay, Fred, you have a parting shot. You've never gotten to give a parting shot on our show. Fred Fan Club is here. It is, it is. I appreciate it. But my parting shot will go to the Ben Simmons haters. And Kevin LeSage, who's not here today, leads the pack. Where is Kevin? Let's call him out. He said he was coming, but uh, shocker, he's not here. No joke. Back off, man. He's in his second year. Let him develop. Don't be running stars off the team before they even get a chance to play here. He's in his rookie deal, and everyone needs to just back off Ben Simmons and let him develop. That's my party shot. I'm so sick of the Philly media and fans calling in the local radio stations trashing Ben Simmons. Trade him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The sage. You're right. I'm going to trade him. I cut him. Cut him? That's pretty dumb. Well, no offense. But I tell you what, I, I didn't prepare a parting shot, Mr. Chesco, but I have one at the tip of my tongue, something that just happened again yesterday that really irritates me. And I was going to throw Kareem Hunt's name in here, uh, just as athletes as a whole. And there's so many good athletes that are out there doing good things. And then there are these. Yesterday at the Philly Memorabilia Show held at the Oaks up there that I was at yesterday, one Freddie Mitchell is scheduled to appear. Yes. And when it comes appearance time, Freddie Mitchell cannot be found. So about 30 minutes after Freddie Mitchell is supposed to appear, his handler or whatever that person was who was there can't find Freddie. 
So about 40 minutes after the appearance is supposed to start, it is announced that Freddie has decided he's not coming. Hmm. So Freddie's a no-show for all the people that are waiting to see him. At the same time, Timmy Jernigan. Timmy forgot how to get to the Oaks, <laughs> apparently. So all the people are there to get their Super Bowl stuff signed by Timmy Jernigan. It is now, the place closes at 5 o'clock. It's now 4.35. Jason Kelsey's there. Brent Selleck is there. And Timmy Jernigan can't find the Oaks. So they announce that he is not coming. He cancels. Again, the people who the fans look up to, they can't find their way to meet their commitments. That's on the heels of our buddy Carl Henderson and Carl's guards having Nigel Bradham on a Friday night. Nigel Bradham can't find Havertown. My gosh. And he no-shows in Havertown with a crowd that was literally wrapped around the corner of probably 250 people and Nigel Bradham can't find Havertown. So for all the good a lot of these guys are doing, um, we, you know, the fans, I guess the fans expect something from them, don't expect anything from them. They sound like my mom trying to get around. They still don't know how to use GPS? Uh, apparently not, or they just didn't have the desire to show up. So my part, that's kind of my parting shot. I'm just a little disappointed in uh, in these guys, they're, the fans are there. The fans are paying good money to get their autographs, and they can't even find their way to where they're going. It's uh, very disappointing to me. Quick trivia question for you. Yes. Since we're talking about them not being able to find Delco. What Delaware County town was Freddie Mitchell wanted for his arrest? Or what? 2-3, 19023. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. One of them auto body shops. Auto to body off. shop right across from where the Condell Millwork is. Where's that? I forget. I just read Bobby Adams was out for him and, way back when. And, and I'll top that. I'll we have top, something in common. Well, I'll top that off is because back in the day, I coached against Freddie Mitchell. He is from where I live in Lakeland, Florida. Freddie went to Lakeland Kathleen High School, and I've known Freddie since he was running around at about 12 years old. And actually used to watch the games before you could get them all over the place at the local Beef Old Brady's with Freddie's mother and father when he was playing for the Eagles. No crap. That's all. I remember we had a little Twitter feedback with him for a little bit. We were trying yeah. to get him on, but so, obviously he's and I, and I haven't had my chance to trash him on Twitter yet, but he's getting trashed for not showing up yesterday. As he should. So. Well, with that, we certainly want to thank the Red Lantern for having us today. It's been a lot of fun. It's our first time. First time doing the road show, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Fred. We want to thank Fred, absolutely. We want to thank our sponsor, Bob Sullivan, over there. He's one of our sponsors with his likeyourage.com. Joe, the bar manager. Joe, the bar manager. PPCC 118 Raz Room. Dave Boys, Allstate Insurance in Westchester. All for their continued support of our show. So, as we said, we'll be back on Wednesday night in our normal 7 o'clock spot on Block Talk Radio. Please listen in, join us, and uh, thanks again. I hope Philadelphia sports fans. And if you don't mind, let's let's close this out uh, with a group Eagles chant. Go right? Birds! Ready? On three. One, two, three. E-E-A-G-L-E-S!